Let's all please turn to the book of 1 John 2.25. If we could please stand to honor the reading of this wonderful scripture of the Lord God. 1 John. Chapter 2, verse 25 says, And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Short but sweet. Short but sweet. He has promised us, he being Jesus Christ, has promised us eternal life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, when I was a child, when I was a kid, people made me promises all the time. Oh, they made me promises, and I believed them. I was a sucker. I believed them, and they were often broken. I was heartbroken. Often heartbroken. But it often taught me to keep my word. And I've mentioned it many times before I was saved, I was a little liar. I would make up stuff, and then it taught me, when I, as soon as I became a Christian, never to lie. Even though there's times of tempting. Because I don't want to break people's hearts. And there's ways to say the truth without being a jerk. Uh, it took me a while to learn that too. <laughs> but a promise should be kept. A promise should be kept. I'll say it one more time. A promise should be kept. We should keep our word. One whose will, uh, one whose will always be kept. Uh, we should always keep our word to the best of our ability. Now people say, oh, you can't keep your word. Yes, you can. You can do your very best to keep your word. Now, God always keeps his word. God always keeps his word. And I have a, a hat. And I was going to grab it and, and put it on at this moment. I forgot to bring it. But I have a hat, a hat about keeping your word, or at least God does. Uh, the title of today's sermon is Standing on the Promises. Cannot fall. Cannot fail. Standing on the promises of God. Well, I have a hat. It's not mine, at least now, but it was my grandfather's. My grandfather would wear it with a tilt to the head because that was a style at the time. I mentioned it before. I've worn it before right here while I'm preaching. And that hat uh, is wonderful because it says, if God says it, it's guaranteed. And why? Because God gives promises. And when God says it, it is guaranteed. It is something that you can believe. God's word is filled and built on promises, promises that are true. True, completely true. People often say, well, God said this in the word that didn't come to be. Well, first of all, not everything's been fulfilled just yet. And also, by the way, yes, it is. And it has been. Sometimes people say, well, it said that Jesus Christ was going to be this and Jesus Christ was going to be that. And he was. Now, it wasn't always literal. Sometimes it was a symbol. But it was fulfilled. It was always fulfilled to the T. When God has a promise, which he does, it's a promise that you can stand on and you can take it to the bank, which is another saying. It's another saying my grandpa used to say a lot. He used to say God's, by, God's word is something you can take to the bank. And you can. Now, I don't want to hear that you all go to the bank tomorrow with your Bible. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, though, it, God's promises is a promise that you can stand on and you can. Now, there are some grounds that you better not stand on. I've done that before. I mean, on certain grounds, especially a big uh, fellow like myself, there's certain grounds that I just can't stand on. I've been on some uh, boards, some boards that are made for big folk, and some that are not. 
you know, it, it's it's not too uh, hard for you to understand that not all rides at, at places are for people of my, we'll say, stature. Uh, they're just not made for me. I've been to some places, I mean, especially as a kid growing up, I was bigger than my age. And they say, no, 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 no. You'd have some little monkey or whatever. And I'm talking out of a picture now, not a literal one uh, or a person dressed like one. But they'd have a little board and it say people of this size or people of this size or whatever. And, uh, and it was all heartbreaking. But the fact is, is uh, you go to stand on it and that ground wasn't made for you. It'd be a little shaky. I remember as a kid, I loved to, to climb on a little mountain thing that they had at World of Fun. And the ground was was real soft. And I remember it bothered me. Oh, it seemed like I was going to fall to my death. In reality, it was a soft foam mountain thing, a little thing you climb on. These are not grounds you'd want to stand upon. But that's the kind of stuff that people want to climb upon here in this world. But in God's word, his promises, you can build on it. You can stand on it. It is true, true, true. We waver. Our words waver. Our truths waver, his doesn't. And so I'm going to read a few things to you today. One is 2 Timothy 2, 8-13. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descending from David, according... I'm going to give you a couple seconds. I apologize. 2 Timothy 2, 8-13. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David, according to my gospel. Remember, this is a Paul talking here. In which I suffer... Trouble like a criminal, even with change, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. There is a faithful saying, if we die with him, we also live with him. Now listen to this. If we endure, we also reign with him. If we deny him, we all, he will also deny us. It's all about salvation. But that's what it says here. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. And why? It says right here. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. Now, what is that talking about? Well, we're just going to put it out of the way. Just put it out of the way. You cannot lose your salvation. So we stand on the promises of God. We stand on the promises of God. He can't deny himself. But we should always stand on those promises and walk gracefully upon them. We are saved by the grace of the Lord God. We can stand on those promises. This is not an excuse to walk around in the ways of the world, act like a jerk. So many people do. But listen to what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. We'll get back to more of that about what we just read. We'll get more to that, not today, but in a couple weeks. Listen to what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, talking about Jesus, of course, who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Praise the Lord. It goes on to say, by which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Oh, praise the Lord for his promises. It says, so that through these things you might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, a lot of people, they look at the things of the world. They want the things of the world. But God gives us great promises that are to be true. 
Nazi things in these worlds. We'll get to more in a moment. 2 Corinthians one twenty says, For all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. He's given us these promises. All we have to do is partake of it. He's given it to us. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. To the glory of God through us. To the glory of who? God. You know, a lot of Christians think about the glory of them. I have these things. Hallelujah. And that is a hallelujah, but not to our glory, but to God's glory. Praise the Lord. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, these are promises that God has given us. He doesn't take away his promises. You know, God gave promises all the way back to Abraham, which we'll get to here in a moment. He gave promises all the way back to David, promises all the way back to Noah, promises all the way back to Adam, promises all the way back. And he kept them. Now, Adam failed. Noah failed. Abraham failed. Joseph, Jacob, we could go on and on. All the people that failed in certain areas, every single one of them, David even, Solomon, we can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. All these people failed in certain little areas of their life or big areas of their life. But God did not. He kept his side of the covenant. Even when the other people dropped their covenant and broke into pieces, the Lord God did not. He always came back through. Because that's how the Lord God is. We can stand on his promises. Even when our promises are broken to a million little pieces, God can always say, but hang on, hang on. I got super glue because my promises do not break. My promises stand true. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Because if we had to depend upon ourselves, boy, would we be in some serious trouble. Praise the Lord God. This is actually a happy. It's a happy day because this happy day, by the way, I used to love the show Happy Days. And you know what I loved about the show Happy Days besides the obvious fonts? I liked Happy Days because I liked that in the end, no matter what trouble they went through, it always ended on a happy note. What I love about today's sermon is, even though we're pointing out things that we obviously fail on, it's a happy day because we're not looking at our failings, but we're looking at the promises of God that will never fail. The good thing about today is, we don't have to worry about our mistakes. We're looking at the greatness of God and the faith that we have on his promises. We don't have to walk away today saying, oh, I'm a bad boy or a bad gal. No, 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 no. Oh, what a great, wonderful God that he loves me despite of my mistakes. Praise the Lord. I had a wonderful father and a great mama. And one of the great things I loved about my daddy was if he told me he was going to do something, the best of his ability, he would do it. And he would always try his best to make it come to be. But anything within his ability. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie National Lampoon's Vacation, but there is a part where they try real hard to go to Wally World. And there's parts in that movie that are not good. But in that movie, I like when they go to Wally World and they run happily happily to that park and they get there and sorry folks <laughs> it is closed and they can't get into that park now my dad reminds me of that in a lot of ways because he would have done anything to get us in that park unless it was closed and he wouldn't have done what the people in the film done but i'll tell you this he would have done anything to get us into the park and he did disney and it was never closed we always had a good old time 
he never had to get a BB gun and kidnap John Candy. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, my dad would have done anything to have a good time. So very oftentimes, it seems like in life, that every time we try to have a good time, things uh, get get gone astray. But God's promises are that he's going to have more than a Wally world for us in heaven, more than a Disney world. He's given us promises of a great and wonderful afterlife. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have horrible times here on earth. We are. A lot of times what we brought to ourselves. A lot of times problems that we bring to ourselves because we don't put trust in him. We put trust in ourselves. But God is going to help us through it. You know, I've lost a lot of time, money, sweat, worry, tears, sleep, hair, <laughs> and promises through time. I have. Because there's some people you just can't trust in life. It's true. Oh, no, no, it's true. It's very true. Some people you just can't trust. But you can trust God. You can trust God. Amen? Always you can trust God. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit can help you with that. Once you go through those moments and you start getting that idea of, I can't trust anyone. Have you ever had that idea, that feeling? Can't trust anyone in this world. The Holy Spirit can help you. Really can. I've, I've become bitter at times. I've become bitter when I've been hurt. Maybe you have to. And by the way, if you have, I'm not getting on you about that. I think everybody at one point in time has been hurt. And when you get hurt, you get a sore. You know, when you get physically hurt, you get sores. Maybe you get scabs or whatever. I know that's gross to think about. But emotionally, you go through the same thing, even sometimes spiritually. But the Holy Spirit will help us with that. Some people trust no one. And that's not good either. The Holy Spirit can help us with that. Holy Spirit is our best friend ever, ever. Second Peter 3, 9 tells us this. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness. But he is patient with us because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Now you think about that. There are people in our lives who've done us dirty, done us wrong. Maybe there's someone right now who's done you dirty. Maybe there's someone right now who's trying to hurt you. And if it was up to us, we would go and belt them in the mouth. And I say that, I'm talking about in the flesh, not in the spirit. Maybe there's someone that you would like to do a lot of physical harm to. Maybe you think, well, God wants to get them. Get them, God. Maybe you even pray that. Get them, God. Get them. Hey, by the way, you're not alone. I thought that, Lord, you know, I'll turn the other way. <laughs> Maybe you'll turn the other way. But here's the thing. That's not of God. God's trying to give him a chance to get things right. God wants him to get things right. He loves them. It doesn't mean he loves what they've done. It doesn't mean that they've done good. Because they haven't done good. And by the way, neither have we sometimes. But it's just like God gives us a chance to get things right whenever you might have lied or cheated or whatever it was. When you got angry, maybe sin, when you said something you shouldn't have. I would love to tell you I've never done that. I'd love to tell you I've never spoken in the flesh, but I have. I'd love to tell you that I've never gotten angry, but I have. I would love to tell you that I've always been so spiritual and never gotten in the flesh, but I have. I'd love to tell you that I've never done anything wrong, but I have. I'd love to tell you that every promise I ever gave, I kept. 
and I do try. But the fact is, just like you, there are times when my promises have been broken. But God doesn't break his promises. And he loves us so much that he gives us a chance. He's patient with us because he knows that a little child is going to make mistakes. And you are the little child, too. He knew that one day you were going to mess up and lie. He knew that one day you were going to give in to the temptation of frustration and irritation. He knew that. But we can have faith on the promises of God. We can have faith in that. We, we can know that his promises will never fail. We can have faith in that. We may not be able to have faith in the people of this world. We can have faith that they're going to fail. But we can have faith in the Lord God. So what I want to do right now is turn to my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. Hebrews chapter 11. You may say, well, Pastor, why is this your favorite chapter in the entire Bible? Well, I love that it covers everything. It really does. It covers everything that needs to be covered. Now, I'm not saying that, there, that I don't love anything else. You know that, but I just love it. And I'm going to read quite a bit. I'm going to start with chapter with verse 1. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read quite a bit. Verse 1 says this. I'm going to sit for just a second. It says, verse 1 through 3 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the men of old obtain a good, a good report. By faith, we understand that the universe was framed by the word of God, so that things that are seen are not made out of things which are visible. Now I'm going to go on to verse 7 here and read all the way down to verse 13. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned about things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark to save his family, by which he condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into the place which he would later receive as an inheritance. He went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the promised land, as in a foreign land, dwelling in the tents of Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which was found excuse me, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received the ability to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man who was as good as dead, bring so many and multi multitude as the stars of the sky and innumerable as the sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, Verse 18, of him, God said, 
through Isaac shall you, your seed be named. He reasoned that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he indeed received him in a figurative sense. He goes on to say in verse 32, and that, and what more shall I say? From time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, uh, who through faith, through faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the uh, edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became violent. Uh, excuse me, villain. Excuse me, I can't say that. Valiant in fighting and turned the armies of foreign enemies to fight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Uh, others were tortured and did not uh, accept deliverance so that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mocking and scourging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered around in sheepskin and goatskins uh, while destitute, afflicted, and tormented. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves and of the earth. These all have obtained a good report through faith, but they did not receive the promise. For God provided something better for us so that with us they would be made perfect. Now, what is this saying? This is saying that many of the people of the Old Testament time who had faith in the promises of God would not see it in their day. They knew that God had made a promise. We're talking about people like David, people like Daniel, people like Noah, people like Moses, people of those times of Elijah and of Elisha. These people would live with the promises of God, would never see it with their own two eyes, but they had faith in the promises of God, knowing that it would come. Now, we're living in a time when people say, oh, but God has talked about the second coming. God has talked about it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. These people had lived for hundreds of years, thousands of years, knowing of the promises of God. They would never see it with their own eyes, but they knew that it would come and they continued to do so, even though they would die and not see that promise come to be. But they knew that it would be and they didn't have to see it to know it. And they didn't have to see it with their eyes to see it with the faith. And the promise of God would live through them and through their seed. But why do so many people stand on promises that only they can stand on with their feet? We should be able to stand on these promises with our faith and not with our feet. We shouldn't have to be able to see it to be able to see it. Amen? This is faith to be able to have the promises of God in our heart. So many people say, well, I, 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 I don't know. That, that's like a fairy tale. Well, let me tell you something. It's not near the fairy tale as the faith that so many people have in evolution. It's not near the fairy tale that so many people have in millions and billions of quadrillions of years. That so many faith that people have that their great, 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 great grandpa was a monkey. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I met a lot of people. Well, I can almost believe that. But I'm going to tell you this. I happen to know for a fact, because I know him personally, that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I have faith in that. It's a promise that I believe and I know every single day. I have been on the deathbed. I have called out and I have seen Christ telling me to keep on keeping on that you have no idea the things that are coming. And I see a lot of them even right now. And all we can do is stand up on the promises of God. That's all that we can do. 
You can stand on those promises or you can lay down on the premises, the premises of non-faith that the world has right now. And I'm not going to do it. What else are you going to do? You're going to stand up or you're going to lay down? I'm standing up. I'm, oh, no, no, I'm putting away the chair. I'm standing up. What else am I going to do? I'm not going to talk about standing. I'm going to show it. That's what I'm going to do. Not by words, but by actions. I'm worked up now. You, Christian soldier, you have the great promise that millions and billions wanted. You have it. You have in your heart what so many wanted to see you could not see because God hadn't had it happen just yet. But you have it. You have in your heart. We don't have the right to complain. Oh, but Jesus says he's with me. He is with you. He will never leave you. Never abandon you. It's with you. How dare you complain? How dare I complain? Oh, but I want to see a miracle. The miracle's in you. How dare us complain? We don't have the right to complain. Oh, but I have hard times. Hard times. Hard times are going to happen every day. They're going to happen. They're going to happen. God promised they're going to happen. They're going to happen. Oh, but I got to pay taxes. Everyone's got to pay taxes. Only a thief doesn't pay taxes. But I'm not going to talk about politics right now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a way for me to break the ice. Speaking of us. Fact is, you have the great promise that millions and billions wanted, and they didn't see it. But they still had faith in it, and they had the promise that they lived on. They were standing on the promises. You think about this. When Daniel was fed to the lions, he stood on the promise, knowing that God was with them. And those lions said, mm, I'm not eating them. I'm not having them. Mm. And you know who's with those lions? I'm going to talk about this week. And by the way, teachers, you remind them too, in case you don't know. You know who is with those lions? Jesus Christ was. The angel of the Lord, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was with them. They saw Jesus before he was even born on this earth. Oh, yes, Jesus was with those lions. And those lions said, oh, oh, I'm not touching Daniel. I'm not touching Daniel. There's the Lord God's son right there. I'm not touching that man. But see, Daniel had faith. He was standing on the promises and praying to the Lord God. And he knew he'd be okay. By the way, also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing right there praying. And Jesus was with them. The angel of the Lord God was right there with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are to stand up, and what I was going to read to you right now is 1 John 2.25 once again. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Remember that. Remember that. Oh, they knew Christ, even though Christ hadn't been born. They knew. Stand up on the promises of God. Oh, not on the premises and on the crying that we do sometimes. Oh, I do too. I look at things. How could things be so bad? We know why things are so bad. Because people don't stand up for with the Lord. We cry about the things. It should be a, a good thing when we look and see how bad things get. But it's not because we have to live amongst it. We know that. But we should remember that when everything's going bad, we need to stand up on the promises of God, not lay down on the premises of sin. And I understand. I do. We need to keep standing up. Second Peter 3.13 But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which Righteousness, wow, and it's coming. Oh, it's coming. 
It might be 20 years from now. It might be 20 minutes from now. But I'm going to tell you this. No matter when it comes, no matter when it comes, and I know that God's got everything timed out just right. But no matter when it comes, I already know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be jumping around, singing and dancing. And I would show you an example thereof, but I don't want to make you sick. But let me just tell you this. I'm going to have a good old time in heaven. Oh, I am. And I'm on the new earth. First Corinthians 16, 13. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Behold like men and be strong. Be bold like men. Now, women, this is not a sex thing. In that sense, I mean, this has nothing to do with whether you're a man or not. I'm not be like men of God. Be strong as soldiers of God. Be bold like men. There's so many men who call themselves Christians who are not bold like men. No, they're cowardly. No, we will not die like dogs. We'll fight like lions. We need to be bold. Stand up for the Lord. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. That's how we need to be. Soldiers of the cross. Romans 8, 37, 39. No. And this doesn't mean no. It means no, no, no. No. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us so. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities nor powers, neither things present nor things to come, neither height nor depth, nor anything create, no, excuse me, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can stand firm, knowing that the Lord God is with us, and nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from God. What can separate us from God? Nothing. And remember, nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. God is with us always. And every time at night comes, I know how the devil is. He may tell you, you know, you don't deserve the Lord. And you know, you can say to him, I know, but you have nothing. So get out of here, you wretch you. Because he has nothing on you. All he has on you is what you give him. So get rid of him. Get rid of the stuff you're hanging on to. That's sinful. Don't hang on to it. Get it out. Just Kick it better than the than the kicker of the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't talk about the new one, the good one. Not the one back in the 90s that, oh, God help me. I don't want to think of bad things right now. Anyway, last thing I will say right now. Before we go to the Lord in prayer. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us firmly hold the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is Faith. Lord God, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Lord God, that we can stand up with you and for you. We can stand on your promises, knowing that you have not failed us and you never will. And Lord God, when we are tempted to stand down and to walk away, and I know that we, we feel this a lot, we know, Lord God, we know that a lot of people try to make us feel bad for loving you. But Lord God, I pray that we stand up and say, no, no, I love you more than anything. Lord, I pray right now that we never be ashamed of your word, that we never be ashamed, that we never find excuses not to be here in your house. And Lord, I pray for those who walk away from your house. I pray that they will stand up for you. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that if anyone is ashamed 
that they will remember that you'd be ashamed of them. But Lord, I pray that there'll be people who will stand up for you and remember that you're always with them. Always. And that they need to always call out to you. I pray, Lord God, that we can stand strong on your promises that you will never take away. And Lord Jesus Christ, I pray right now for anyone who may not know you and who may be fallen, misunderstanding, misunderstanding your word. And I pray if they do not know you today, that this will be the day that they understand it and will be saved by you. In Jesus' holy and precious name, I do pray these things. Amen.